Okay, so Song of Solomon. So, um, the last of our books in the wisdom literature. And uh, it, funnily enough, each one of these, these uh, books were read at certain feasts. And uh, Song of Solomon was read at Passover. So very interesting. They read the, the, the Song of Solomon at Passover. And I think the idea there is that salvation is not just sort of a legal act. Because remember, Passover was when the people of Israel were delivered. Um, and so one can think, oh, well, we're, salvation is just something. We are saved and it's just a... Uh, an event or something that happened it's a it's a legal thing uh, but reading song of solomon is a reminder that salvation is an intimate joining to god okay so the the interpretation of song of solomon has had an interesting and varied history so throughout the history of the church in fact in the the rabbis said uh, you can only read it if you're 30 years and older. Okay, So they actually made it that you can only read it when you're 30. Um, which, which I don't know how much help it is if, you, you know, if you're already married before you're 30 and you yeah. only get to read it later. Uh, um, and then at times in the church, church history, they totally ignore any physical reference. They see it only as uh, referring to Christ and the church. Okay. So remember Christ is the groom and the church is the bride. And so they just, they just say, that's what it's referring to Jesus Christ and the church. And that's it. Um, so, uh, there's a, there's a verse, um, Verse 13 of chapter 1, My beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh that lies between my breasts. Okay? So, um, I think it was Origen who said, That is talking about Jesus between the Old and the New Testament. Okay? <laughs> so, that's how he interpreted it. You see, he, he, he rejected sort of any, any uh, physical interpretation. And then if you are more contemporary, um, there have been a few sort of controversial um, so-called pastors who have been very vulgar and explicit and they've gone through Song of Solomon and it's just about sex and um, that's, that's all they've spoken about and they haven't pointed any, anyone to Christ. I would argue that it's both. Okay, It is both about... Um, physical love and the beauty of sexual intimacy and also that it points beyond that to uh, intimacy and union with Christ. Okay, so what it means to be united to Christ. Um, so uh, it really challenges contemporary views because uh, in the world you have really pagans, so those who, who have no restraint, they just they just uh, they want physical nakedness. They want sexual freedom. Um, uh, that, that you know, you're free to do whatever you like with your body. And then there's prudes, and often in the church that happens where you never talk about sex. You never 
acknowledge that it's just taboo and so uh, people can be very prudish okay uh, the scripture rejects both of those the scripture realizes that the pagan view which says sex is just an appetite it's not a big deal you guys <laughs> what's the big deal it's just like having a meal um, I have a sex drive and I want to satisfy it so I'm going to do that I'm going to go onto tinder and I'm going to hook up and yeah it's not a big deal man uh, get over it uh, as Christians we realize no sex is incredibly powerful because God created it uh, and uh, like anything powerful it can be very dangerous as well and very destructive as we've seen in Proverbs already so it can be very destructive but it is very powerful and very good okay within the right context so again, Song of Solomon, I would argue, is also in many ways idealized. So again, um, not always possible, um, depending on the, on the marriage, depending on the spouse, depending on physical well-being, depending on uh, scars from the past. But as I said to you in the previous session, I think that Solomon here is, again, looking back saying, this is what should have been. Not 700 wives and 300 concubines, but one person okay, that I was truly devoted to. Um, and so he's, he's here giving us this, this picture. Um, <clears throat> I've, I've studied it for years and years, <laughs> trying to figure everything out. And I, th I think I've pretty much landed. Um, so I'm, I'm quite happy with my, my understanding of it now. At the very least, even if you don't understand things, you can see that it paints a beautiful picture of sexual intimacy. It contradicts the view that Christians are prudish, that we reject sex. Remember that God created sex. Okay? So it wasn't the devil. God created it, and so it is good within proper context. Um, so uh, this, this shows the... The, the beauty of it, and it's written in such an incredible way because it's erotic, but it's not pornographic. It's quite remarkable. It is, it is um, uh, you know, it, it, it's very clear. It deals with sexual intimacy, but it does it in, in such a beautiful way without being dirty or pornographic. Okay, and so... Um, sex shows us that there is a love that is more intimate than friendship. It's, um, but it's sex itself is not ultimate. It points us beyond itself. And um, sex is only truly fulfilling when rooted in, in Christ. Even secular surveys prove that, that Christians, uh, healthy Christians, healthy marriages have the best sex. We tend to, you know, think that, you know, television series, you know, the world is having loads of sex and the best sex. It's just not true. Okay. Even the frequency of sex and um, the, the satisfaction is far higher amongst uh, healthy Christian marriages that have been married for a long time. Okay. So don't believe the lie that, mm -hmm. um, you know, with the TV series show. Okay. Um, in fact, the Bible sees sex as an act of worship. Okay. So again... Um, all of us are broken sexually, so it's not, it's not like, you know, there's people who are, 
you know, they're fine. I think Christians can today be sort of, well, that person's not, not sort of same-sex attracted, so they're, they're healthy sexually, okay? No, every human being is broken sexually and perverted in some way. Uh, and so we, we all need healing and we shouldn't uh, look down on others. We, we, people have been abused. People have, um, have had horrible experiences. People have been warped by pornography and things they've seen and things they've done and experienced. Um, so we all need healing in, in this area to be more and more like Christ but one thing you do need to begin to see is that sex is worship if you think you know that is just whoa okay uh, first Corinthians 6 says that because the the Corinthians thought exactly what I said earlier they thought that it's just an appetite like eating food and Paul says no 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 you know food that's fine you know that's an appetite and food is for the stomach and that kind of thing but sex is for the Lord your body is for the Lord okay so sexual intimacy between a husband and a wife uh, is is an act of of honoring God. Okay, it brings it delights God because He gave this gift to His His people to His creation, and it is a good gift. But like all good gifts, has been perverted and warped by by Satan and by our own uh, ungodliness. But that does not mean we can we should not be striving to uh, to attain what God wants. Okay, so. Um, uh, let's let's sort of start. It starts. Uh, so this is the flow, as I see, and there's um, it's helped a lot by a guy called Tommy Nelson. Uh, he he doesn't even go to Christ though. So I would I would say that's where he falls short. Is that this this there's also pointers here to our union with Christ. Uh, that it is an intimate union. It's not. Uh, it's not just intellectual or something. We are united to him. We are one with him. Okay. Um, uh, so it begins really with um, their relationship. They're getting to know each other. They're delighting each other and desiring each other. So um, she she says there, verse 2, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. So she's talking about him, who is Solomon, and his name, and name in the Bible is character. Okay, So we've seen that already with some names that are given to people in the Bible and how it represents their character. And yes, Duncan. Um, so was, uh, I, was um, I heard somewhere that these were just poems written by someone. Was it, was it about him? Or no, so remember I said, I think this is, this is what he, he wished, as he looks back on his life and the nightmare, oh, he's saying okay, this okay. is what it should have been. So yeah, oh, it's poems okay, okay. displaying what should have been. All right. One man, one woman. And their intimate relationship. Okay, so she talks here about his name is oil poured out. So oil would be olive oil. Uh, you get olive oil by crushing the olives. Okay, and um, remember Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane where they would crush the olives, and he is crushed. Okay, but what comes out of him is beautiful. Okay, and that's an image here of his name. His character is like oil. So when he is under pressure. 
So this is just some principles when you're looking for a spouse. Find out what they're like under pressure. Okay, what comes out of them under pressure. So, um, you know, see them in, in, in volatile situations. Does oil come out or does, I don't know, car oil come out? <laughs> uh, what comes out? Okay. Um, therefore, virgins love you. Okay. So, so godly woman, so virgin is a, is, is a, a term for a picture of a godly woman. Godly woman loved Solomon. Okay, so here's the, the, the principle. Now, we don't, this is not in a, like a, a sick sort of way. What we're learning here is that Solomon is honorable and godly people are drawn to him. Okay, so again, you want to find that out. What do godly people think of this person? Do they have godly friends? Um, do people think highly of this person that are godly uh, and that are honorable? Okay, so that's really important. It's always, you know, obviously as a pastor, lots of people, young people and relationships, you know, when they're saying, I'm going out with this person and nobody knows this person. Um, uh, remember, bad company corrupts good manners. They don't have any godly friends. All their friends are unbelievers. It's a, it's a red, these are red flags. Okay. Um, do are, are godly people drawn to this person? Uh, draw me after you. Let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. Uh, then it says others or chorus. We will exult and rejoice in you. We will ex extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. So here others are praising uh, Solomon as well. Okay. Um, she then talks. I'm very dark but lovely. O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon, do not gaze at me because I am dark, because the sun has looked upon me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. So play on words there. She had to go work in the fields. So again, hard working. Uh, but because she was working in the fields, she was out in the sun, and so she got her skin got darker. Okay, and at at times in history, uh, fair skin is more, more favored. And it, this was one of those times to say, um, if you've ever watched or, not, or read some of, uh, I think it's Jane, Jane Austen, um, you know, the noble ladies will laugh. Oh, look, how, look her skin is red. Ah, she's been in the sun, you know, and they'll look down on anyone who's spent any time in the sun. It was a sign of, of poverty and... Um, physical labor, you know, which is also frowned upon. So she says, I'm dark. Um, then she says, my own vineyard I have not kept. I mean, here vineyard means her body, okay, and that's, what, that's a theme that comes back. So a lot of these images actually refer to the body or parts of the body. Um, she says, tell me, you whom my soul loves, where you pasture your flock. So here we see that Solomon is portrayed as a shepherd, and of course Christ is the good shepherd. Okay, So he's also... Uh, working hard. Um, okay, so she she uh, she comes to him, and he speaks, and he's he's he starts praising her, and this way kind of be become a bit weird for us because we don't normally praise women like this. I compare verse nine. I compare you, my love, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. So I don't know if that would work so well. <laughs> you know, 
You're a horse. <laughs> You're like a horse. Uh, <laughs> but at the time, the imagery there is a mare among Pharaoh's chariots is that um, all, his, all his horses would have been stallions. So you can imagine a female horse coming through would, would arouse a lot of excitement. And that's sort of what he's saying about her, that she arouses a lot of excitement. She's so beautiful. Um, okay. Um, now, uh, this, uh, this, this time they're not yet engaged, but they're in a relationship. They're getting to know each other. They're knowing the friends. They, but they are, they are physically attracted to one another. So he has another thing. So the first thing is, okay, what's the character of the person? Who are the person's friends? And, and then physical attraction as well, okay? Generally, um, especially guys will just basically start with physical attraction and then write off anyone else, okay? And that's not a, a godly way to work, okay? Because what we see here and throughout the Bible is that um, it's friendship and covenant that then leads to romance, okay? That's the picture. The world's way is opposite, romance and then we'll see <laughs> okay sex and then we'll see okay they want physical nakedness without um emotional or spiritual nakedness um, and as we've seen in proverbs that's that's broken okay okay so now um they they but there is a desire so this is this is uh, you know <clears throat> if there's no sort of desire to be with that person physically then that's not a not a good sign okay i'm not talking about like two i don't know i guess 80 year old people getting married i, I don't you know i guess that they have no libido or mm. that, that's a different thing but uh we're talking about younger young people here very young people um I can't talk about an eight, eight year eight year old people. I don't know what they, but I can I can see that um, uh, Abraham had some things to say when he was very old, um, and Sarah as well. You know how can she know pleasure now that she's much older? So there must be that physical attraction, that desire to be together. Um, okay, but they're still meeting in public. So look at verse. 16, behold, you are beautiful, my beloved, truly delightful. Our couch is green. The beams of our house are cedar. Our rafters are pine. So the couch is the grass and the roof above them is, is the trees. So they're out in the open. So very important while you're still courting that it's public. Okay. Once you start, you know, meeting in each other's bedrooms and then nine times out of ten you will fall sexually okay um and probably if you don't there's something wrong okay because then you're probably not attracted okay so i'm not saying you should but i'm just saying don't be alone in private okay be in the pub in public where everyone can see you okay um okay um Chapter 2, verse 1, I, she says, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Okay, now we often use that, I, you know, I'm a rose of, we, there's even songs that talk about Jesus as a rose of Sharon. Uh, it's a misunderstanding. 
A rose of Sharon was very plain. There were just millions of them. And then she says she's a lily of the valley, which is just very common. Remember, she sees herself as dark. She doesn't... She, she has an understanding of her inner beauty, but she doesn't have a high, sort of high self-esteem. Okay? So she, she, she battles with her, how she views herself. Okay? And um, notice how he responds. She says, a lily of the valley is a rose of Sharon. I'm just one amongst many women. I'm just like... And notice how he responds, verse 2, as a lily among brambles. He says, you're a lily, all the others are like weeds. Okay. <laughs> So is my love among the young women. Okay, so notice how he 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 realizes her, how she views herself, and that um, sense of unworthiness and inferiority, and he he encourages her and he says, "No, you're you're the only one. All the others are like brambles." Okay, so. Um, uh, she continues this thinking about being together, but look at verse 7. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. This is an important theme. So the principle is, they're not yet married. Don't awaken love yet. And this is a reference to sexual intimacy. Okay. So the feelings are there, but not yet. Okay? And the time will come. It then goes to their engagement. So they, be, they get engaged. He comes, uh, chapter, chapter 2, verse 8, the voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills, full of enthusiasm to see her. She talks about him. Um, verse 10, my beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. That's the engagement. He's saying to her, Come, come away with me. Okay. Uh, and then he talks, and the, all the imagery is one of spring. So spring traditionally is the season of, of love. Um, there's new life, blossom, etc. And that's what he explains here. Um, um, okay. Um, then she has a dream, chapter 3. She has, there's two dreams that she has here. She has a dream that she's lost him. And um, uh, it's the it's the the watchman who who um, point her to him, um, and um, she finds him again. Okay, in the stream, I think the watchman here, the watchman was sort of the elders of the city. So again, I think there's a principle here of sort of the wise people in the church community or the elders, you could say, who give guidance and point and, and help. Uh, again, the warning is there, verse 5, I adjure you not to stir up or awaken love until it pleases. And then we come to the wedding. Verse 6 is the wedding. What is that coming up from the wilderness? Now, our weddings focus on the bride. Okay, The bride is the one who's the most beautiful. But when you read the Bible, the focus is on the groom. Okay. So the ancient world of focus was on the groom. So here Solomon is arriving and he comes up out of the wilderness. And remember, we've seen in the wilderness, what is the wilderness uh, picture of? A picture of testing. Remember that? 
So this is really the challenge to men. Solomon is coming out of a period of testing that he's proved himself. Okay. So to, to, uh, it's not just, okay, I have all the body parts, I can get married. It's, I need to prove myself. I need to come through a period of testing from the wilderness that I'm ready now to marry. Okay. Not perfect. No one will be perfect, but a period of testing. Um, and then he comes and uh, there's, he's perfumed with myrrh and frankincense. These are all images of Christ. This is a very Christocentric passage, actually, because the groom is, is uh, Solomon, who's the shepherd king. But of course, Christ is the ultimate shepherd king. Uh, we don't have time to go into that. There is a series online that I did on the Song of Solomon, so you can go and listen to that and go through the whole book. Um, but the imagery is is uh, very powerful, and gold and silver are used. At all, those are images of uh, purity. And um, okay, chapter four then is their honeymoon, and it's a very very intimate picture. He is now standing in front of his bride, and she's naked, and he he begins to to look at her body. And he starts at the top. Uh, Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are doves behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats. Again, probably wouldn't work so well today. Uh, um, She has all her teeth. Your teeth are like a flock of shorn ewes that have come up from the washing, all of which bear twins, and not one among them has lost its young. Your lips are like a scarlet thread, and your mouth is lovely. Uh, Verse 4, your neck is like the Tower of David, built in rows of stone. On it hang a thousand shields, all of them shields of warriors. It's not, oh, you've got a long neck. It's, it's a picture of, of she's, she's strong. Okay? The Tower of David was a fortress. She's, she's strong. Um, she's in his presence. She's, stand, she's before him as he's, uh, she just has the veil on, but she's naked. He's going to continue with the rest of her body. Uh, notice that he can see her teeth, so she's smiling. Okay, so there's this. Uh, uh, um, it's the the they're in covenant now, and there's the the sense of safety and promises to one another, and um, he is enjoying her, and she is smiling, um, and they want to be together the whole night. Verse six until the day breathes and the shadows flee. Now, uh, that, that's not going to be the norm, obviously. If that were the norm for a married couple, uh, their lives would fall apart. They would get no sleep. And, uh, so that's not to be taken in that way. Uh, love develops. And, um, uh, but here, uh, well, and there's more to say. You can, you can look at, listen to the, 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 the sermons. Okay, so it's a, very, it's a very beautiful, intimate scene on the honeymoon um, with, um, with lots of beautiful imagery. Um, now look at verse 16. She says, Awake, O north wind, and come, O south wind, blow upon my garden, let its spices flow. It's a very erotic language. But remember what the warning was before? Do not awaken love. Now, awake. 
now that they're in covenant, they're married, uh, they can enjoy sexual intimacy. Um, and chapter 5 then, she, well, she says at the end of chapter 4, let me just note, you might be saying, oh, I thought this is he talking. The he and the she is not in the original. Okay, So we have to do work to decide who's talking. So um, I don't always agree with where they've put the brakes. Um, you have a question? Yeah, sorry, uh, from online. Um, may I please ask, why does he say my sister in verse 9 just before my bride? And then chapter 4. Uh, verse 9 as well. I'm guessing they're alluding to my sister. Okay. But I guess the familiarity of... Yes, yes. I, don't, I mean, I think, yeah. I think it's, it's, uh, it's not literally his physical sister uh, that he's married. But, um, yeah, it's the closeness of their relationship. Just as we, you know, we talk, we call each other, well, especially the guys. I don't know if the ladies, I've really heard the ladies say sister. But... The guys will say, brother, um, it's just, we're not physically, you know, the same parents. Mm-hmm. So, it, uh, yeah, as you say, Ricardo, it's a reference just to their, the closeness of their relationship. Wouldn't be a blind, um, like uh, in the church, you call another lady your sister or your, another guy your brother. Mm-hmm. So within your own belief system. So don't marry out of your... Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, out of... Uh, unyoked, uh, spiritually... Yeah. Uh, there. Yeah, good. Because it's uh, also just like a cultural thing as well. Yes, yes, but it is it is meaningful of the closeness okay. of their relationship and that they they're children of God and belong I to mean, God. <clears throat> like I'm just saying, like again, it's probably not something we would say. Yes, yeah. prob- probably not. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, we'll get to later on. It was only a brother or a sister that you could kiss in public. Okay. Um, or a father or a mother. Okay. If, if you kiss someone else in public, it, it was dodgy. But uh, obviously not an, a sexual or romantic kiss. You know, mm-hmm. just okay. a, um, so, uh, okay. Um, so now she, uh, the end of chap- uh, chapter 4, Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its choicest fruits. Chapter 5 is when I came to my garden, my sister, my bride, I gathered my myrrh with my spice, I ate my honeycomb with my honey, I drank my wine with my milk. And so that's a reference there to the consummation of their, of their marriage. Okay. Um, okay, then she, she has a, another dream, and this is more of a nightmare. So it's... Um, she again... Uh, so now there's problems. Okay, so that's that's what happens. Okay, that's what happens in marriages. There's problems. Verse two: I slept, but my heart was awake. A sound, my beloved, is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is wet with dew, my lock, my locks with the drops of the night. So he's been out looking after the sheep at night, cold, in the rain, and he's coming home. Looking forward to coming home to be intimate with his wife, and so she he comes to the door. My beloved is knocking. He says, "Open to me." And um, she says, verse three: "I had put off my garment. How could I put it on? I had bathed my feet. How could I soil them?" So she's sort of like, "I'm already in bed, and I've already cleaned my <laughs> feet, and <laughs> I've got a headache." <laughs> uh, 
So she's like, nah, not really. Um, my, verse 4, my beloved put his hand to the latch and my heart was thrilled within me. But then slowly her heart turns. And she thinks, okay. Um, verse 5, I arose to open to my beloved and my hands dripped with myrrh. So she touches the, the door. There's myrrh. So he, he's come to the door in the imagery, knocked, wants to come in. Um, she's, she, she's blocked him, but now she's opened the door and there's perfume. So he's still, he's still, he didn't like turn and smash the door or something. He, he, he left uh, some perfume. Um, but he was gone. My soul failed me when he spoke. I sought him, but found him not. I called him, but he gave no answer. The watchmen found me as they went about in the city. They beat me. They bruised me. They took away my veil. Those watchmen of the walls. I think that's symbolic of discipline. It's not a, don't take it literally. Remember, this is a weird, it's a dream within a poem. It's a, it's a, okay. okay. But uh, there's a symbolism of, because remember Paul says, uh, your body is not your own. Okay. So the husband's body is not his it belongs to the wife and vice versa um and so to what she's done here is sinned against her her husband okay in this situation we i'm not talking about in every situation of course uh, um we don't have time to go into all of that but so there are consequences uh, there's always consequences to to selfishness and and that's the discipline here. Um, then she cries out for help. I, where is he? I need to find him. And it seems to be a bit of reverse psychology. They say, well, what's so special about him? Like, why are you looking for him? And then she starts talking about how amazing he is. So I think it's a bit of, they're trying to draw out from her. Okay, what's special about him? Why do you want to, why are you looking for him? And she starts talking about him. Look at verse 10. My beloved is radiant and ruddy, distinguished among 10,000. His head is the finest gold. So head, gold, gold purity. His mind is pure. Uh, he's, not, he's not full of vulgarity. Um, um, yeah, we don't have time to go into it, but the strength uh, and and his arms are rods of gold. So again, the the purity of his actions, so his his hands. Um, yeah, and it's a very erotic passage as well. Okay, so where has he gone? Chapter 6. And um, he's gone to the gardens. Yes. Sorry, quick question. I keep seeing um, Lebanon being mentioned. What, uh, do you know what that might be referring to? Because I feel like, yeah, it's being... Like yes. here it's talking about his, his appearance is like Lebanon. But then I heard before it's like, come with me to Lebanon. So like what, what, yeah. Yes, so remember when we did the temple? Yeah. The cedars of Lebanon. Okay, so Lebanon was to the, well it is, <laughs> to, the, to the north of Israel. Okay. And... Um, had these beautiful forests, and it's a very beautiful country. From I've never been there, but from what I've read and seen, um, now it's you know because of war and everything, yeah. it's a mess. But but it was called sort of the the French Riviera of of that area, a part of the world. Very beautiful. 
okay. um, and the trees and all of that. So it was a, um, but notice what it says, his appearance is like Lebanon choice as the cedars. So the, these great oh, trees okay. would come from Lebanon. So they were just really well known in the, in the Bible. So it's an image of strength. And... Okay, so she finds him. Um, and uh, he, notice how he responds in verse 4 of chapter 6. You are beautiful as Terzim, my love, lovely as Jerusalem. He doesn't turn around and say, Yeah, how could you block me like that? You're so useless. Uh, he, he doesn't do that. He just responds with love okay, and grace. And in, as Peter says, love covers a multitude of sins. Um, and again, he says, verse 5, Turn away your eyes from me, for they overwhelm me. Your hair is like a flock. Her beauty is so great that, um, you know, he, it's, it's what I was talking about earlier, the power of a woman, on, uh, the effect on a man a woman can have. Mm-hmm. And then he starts talking about her, her body again, goes through everything. Um, Okay, uh, at the end of chapter 6, they, the, her friends call her back, but she says, no, no, I can't go back there because I'm married now. Okay, and that's one of the things with marriage is that you, 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 have, you, you are the primary relationship. Your spouse is the primary person. It's not, that, it's not saying you can't have any other friends or anything like that, but it, all the other friendships really pale compared to, to marriage. Okay. Um, Chapter seven, how beautiful are your feet and sandals, a noble daughter. Now he's going to, now, now he looks at her. This is later on in their marriage. So they've been married a while now, yet he still finds her so beautiful. And now he starts at her feet. So remember on the honeymoon, he started at the top. He starts at her feet. She has sandals on, which was not common. Um, not common. Slaves didn't have sandals, so they couldn't run away. Okay. So sandals are a sign of trust. So that he could trust his wife, that she could, she can go anywhere. He knows it's going to be okay. How beautiful are your feet in sandals, O noble daughter! Your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a master hand. Your navel is a rounded bowl that never lacks mixed wine. Then this one, your belly is a heap of wheat. I don't know if that that one works too well today either. (laughs) (laughs) A heap of wheat was. Um, yeah, I don't. Th- I think it's the, the idea is more um, fertility, um, okay. fruitfulness. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking as a personal trainer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it is, I like it though. It's really uh, an hour. <laughs> okay, so he he um, uh, he goes he goes through. And so the image, I, you mustn't think of this as just like, okay, it's a couple of evenings or something. I think it's a progression of their, their, their courting, their engagement, their marriage, their honeymoon, their fights, years later, and then even years later, um, where... Um, uh, so she... Um, this is chapter 7... Uh, she, she, um, sort of, um, we also, you'll notice as well that a lot of the sexual, 
um, initiation is from her. If you if you to read through it, uh, verse eleven of chapter seven, she says, "Come, my beloved, let us go out into the fields and lodge in the villages." Uh, let's go to different places. Let's go out early into the vineyards and see whether the vines have budded, whether the grape blossoms have opened and the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. Um, so she's wanting to go out and be intimate in different places and out in the in nature. Uh, um, verse 13, the mandrakes give forth fragrance. Remember, mandrakes are a aphrodisiac. And beside our doors are all choice fruits, new as well as old, which I have laid up for you, O my beloved. So she's very creative, new as well as old. Uh, we'll see in the next chapter, it's her mom who taught her. So um, it's, it's biblically, it would be the mother who would teach the daughter um, to be creative sexually, to um, how to pleasure her husband, how to enjoy joy, sexual intimacy. Um, chapter 8, um, verse 1. Oh, that you were like a brother to me who nursed at my mother's breast. So, again, that sounds weird, but what I to- remember what I told you? You could only kiss your brother or sister in public. So she's saying, oh, I just want to kiss you in public. Mm. That if only you were a brother, then I could just kiss you in public. Wait, so even like, like the wife? It's uh, what the commentators say. Oh. It seems like it. Uh, if I found you outside, I would kiss you and none would despise me. So you see, if he was a brother, no one would despise her if she kissed him. But obviously in that culture, it was looked down upon. I would lead you and bring you into the house of my mother. She who used to teach me. So there it is, the one who, who taught her. Um, and then she gives the imagery of, of sexual intimacy. Um, but the warning comes back. Look at verse 4. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. That's strange. They're married now. But remember, she's talking about being out in public. So in public, you, you can't go nuts, okay? It's ungodly. Don't arouse physical intimacy in public, okay? Um, it's a stumbling block from others. It's, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in public when people are being very physical it's 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 horrible it's it's disturbing and so the warning is here again okay not to do that and worldly in a way because sorry and uh, worldly in a way you, oh no it is yeah if you've ever yeah. been around um homosexual people and stuff that they, they like to like almost flaunt it yeah mm-hmm. i had an ex-brother-in-law that was like that i had to put him in his place like dude don't do that in front of my son so yeah i don't mean to be what's that but you're right so so that's that um, it, it's and even if it's heterosexual, it's still yeah. wrong. But you don't no. push that into into people. So that's the warning. She says, "I want to, you know, I just want to grab you and kiss you, and not in public." Okay, <laughs> uh, calm down. Um, okay. Um, then she now for the first time it actually goes sort of into a philosophy of love. Verse 6, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is strong as death. So a seal, that's the idea of covenant, okay? That's why God knows what he's doing, that it's in covenant that there is, is safety. The promises are, are there so that one can be, be oneself, okay? Outside of that, a person is simply being in control, okay? It's within a covenant that you that you can... So, okay, this person will never leave me for, nor forsake me. I can 
I no longer I don't have to pretend we shouldn't be pretending anyway but I can I can can be myself okay obviously not an ungodly self okay it's, it's not what we're saying that I can just oh, I can just be ungodly and I can just <laughs> I can just let myself go <laughs> that's not what we're talking about um, so seal for love is strong as death uh, Tramper Longman translate uh, and, and other scholars so the Hebrew can be str- translated as love is stronger than death and I think that's better love is stronger than death okay. we think death is the strongest thing it's the final thing but true love is stronger and of course the love of Christ for us jealousy is fierce as the grave its flashes are flashes of fire the very flame of the Lord uh, you know if a person is not jealous over their spouse then you're not acting like God. Then you don't care. Okay. It's, as, it's like the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. If a man offered for love all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. You'd say, well, all the money in the world, you're gonna, you, um, you want all the money in the world instead of love. Well, you're a fool. Okay. And that's what Jesus said. What will it profit of man if he gains the whole world? Loses his soul. If you don't have the love of Christ, uh, it doesn't matter. Then it's a weird ending. They go back. She goes back to, she says, we have a little sister. She has no breasts, so she's not yet um, uh, reached puberty. What shall we do for our sister on the day when she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build on her a battlement of silver. Uh, If she is a door, we will enclose her. What they're saying is we'll protect her. So he has some, at the end, they're saying, "What, what you must do is protect your daughters. Okay. Then she says, I was a wall, verse 10, and my breasts were like towers, and then I was in his, in his eyes as one who finds peace. Um, peace is, is Shalom, which sounds very much like Solomon or Shlomo, that's his name. So, um, And then it's like it goes back to Solomon the real Solomon, because then it talks about Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Harman. He led out the vineyard to keepers. Each one was to bring for its fruit a thousand pieces of silver. And maybe he had a thousand women. Um, my vineyard, my very own, is before me. You, O Solomon, may have the thousand, and the keepers of the fruit, two hundred. Um, so it's almost like he's put that in there. Unfortunately, that was not my life. Okay. Um, then he goes back. Um, you who dwell in the gardens with companions. <laughs> um, yeah, so it would be like a, I don't know, not a flashback or whatever, a flash forward or something. Uh, a depressed moment. <laughs> so uh, he's writing on behalf of her and him. Well, she's not real. Yeah. It's ideal. He, he's saying he's this is... This special woman that he's created in his mind writing songs and she's writing back to me but it's him writing to himself yeah it's a love poem to himself yeah it's not a real poem that's what I'm saying no it's a love poem about his desire if he had for a different choice in his life yeah Yeah, I don't think I mean I mean um, poets can write on 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 love with you know the fact that he's I, I don't I I don't think it's um, it's weird that he. If you if you could write an ideal poem on what you wish your courtship was like and all of those things, I don't think it would be. 
um, you know, you could go and write an ideal poem on your life and with the ideal people and make everyone sort of. Uh, I don't. I don't. It doesn't sound too strange to me. Um, but um, um, but remember, as we said before, it's under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So the picture is right. This is what, as I said, sort of an idealized form. But notice that it also deals with the problems in marriage, that there's going to be difficulties and to work through them and to show love and grace and forgiveness. Um, but the end is positive, that um, they're, still, they're still intimate, they still desire for one another. Okay. Let's see our time is marched. I don't know. Any questions? Yes. Yeah, I've got only the a two-faceted question, if I can um, articulate well, but I think the first part would be um, how, I mean, like coming to, you know, a passage like this and like it is quite intimate and uh, um, like as you explained it, I think how do um, like, you know, young single people be encouraged by Song of Solomon, you know? Um, it can be quite a struggle, especially in our modern uh, age. You know, it's very you know sensual and you know like triggers or yeah. you know things like that. So it's hard to be encouraged or uh, to be you know exhorted by the text, if I can say that. Uh, so how do you, how do we like you know really take it? Uh, or, yeah, yes, yeah, good. A, so I I would see it as as um, sort of preparation and also just the practical things on when you're looking for a spouse character of the person, how they are under pressure, their friends, and what godly people think of them, and physical attraction, those are, are things that, that uh, you need to be there. And then, uh, again, in Christian circles, often it can just be um, uh, sex is wrong, keep it for marriage. Mm-hmm. So it's like hardly a, a healthy view. Yeah. It's exactly. so Song of Solomon gives one a healthy view mm. and a and a it, it it's and that we we should be able to in certain contexts talk about sexual intimacy and God's gift. We want to see it in the right light, not just not just the Proverbs seven aspect, not just well it's dangerous and and then it's sort of it's it just becomes sort of a, a very negative almost view. Not that it's a wonderful thing from God and it's a gift from God and it's a beautiful thing that represents our union with Christ. The two become one, one flesh. Um, that's the ideal that we're, we're striving for. But not, um, again, not to, to say it's a fallen world, so um, not to build that up mm-hmm. and then, you know, oh well. Yeah. But, so I think, I think it's to have a positive view that will that will make a person shun what the world is saying and hate what the world is saying and shun pornography and shun um, stupid movies and the lies that they tell and, um, and, and hold, you know, hold out something much more beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that's a positive. Uh, Great. Yeah. Uh, I think this, thanks. I think the second part of that, I don't know if it is the second part or maybe a separate question, but like, and I think you touched on it a little bit or alluded to it as uh, to when, like, uh, like we're not animals and like, and, you know, especially, you know, we're self-controlled and 
um, you know, obviously, but there's a desire, or, you know, we're made with innate desires, you know, mm. for intimacy and to grow in this way as someone was saying. So how can, how do we strike a balance of that being like, of like, I guess, correct biblical motivation towards, you know, like, uh, something like Song of Solomon and what he's saying, you know, I'm pursuing, you know, a godly relationship and pursuing that, especially at the right time. Uh, and yeah, I guess the right motivations, like, I guess for the single people, um, in terms of not being led by our desires, but like uh, understanding that it's part of <laughs> maybe the journey as well. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, I, th- I think so. I think I think one shouldn't remember. Paul says, if 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 you burn, then you should get married. Mm. So. Um, God has made, God has created um, most, most people with a sex drive. Some are born eunuchs, some are made eunuchs, etc. But uh, there's a sex drive, so the command is, God is saying, okay, he has an avenue so that people don't sin, marriage, um, so that you, you don't sin sexually. That's an aspect of it, it's not the only thing. But it is a yeah yeah yeah. But it's but it it's a huge aspect. That's exactly what Paul says. He just says if a person burns, they must get married. So, the answer is get married. Um, Within that, find a godly person, and Mm. not just find be. Mm. So for men, be in the wilderness, be tested, and come out proven um, and, and so vice versa look for the character of the person what are they like under pressure who are their friends all of those things so those characters also but, mirror for yourself is that what you're saying like, yes okay. so so it's not you know a lot of people are like my wife must be like this or my husband must be like this but they're not really working on themselves yeah. you know yeah. rather be the person that you type of person obviously there's different male and female are different so there's different things you know Mm. a man shouldn't be saying I'm looking for someone to lead me Uh, um, you know all that that kind of thing so um, but yeah uh, but the Bible deals with reality and God has made us and Mm. and it's a beautiful thing and the problem is the world has so warped it that Mm. the Paul can just say, you can speak like that. The sex drive is a good thing. Get married. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, God made it. Um, and it wasn't just for procreation. It's there for procreation. But remember what we saw with, with Sarah? Shall I have pleasure in my old age? It's for pleasure. God is so kind to us that he gave us pleasure. Okay? Um, sorry? Adam and Eve, yeah. So it's, 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 um, um, so it's to keep renewing our minds. We have to fight that because, because as I said, and especially in, I mean, the, the world is, is, has gone insane. You know, lust has always been there, but Mm. since the internet, um, so much perversion and violence that you don't even I remember I went to boarding school and at that time the internet was not even really around we had computers I'm not that old <laughs> but um, 
um, at boarding school, guys were trying to find pornography. It was a mission they had to go on, okay? To like, it was, now it's, it comes to you, okay? So there's never been a time like this. So everyone is so warped and broken. But that doesn't mean we, what we must be doing as a church is holding out the biblical picture. Okay, to say, this is God's plan. This is the beauty of it. This is, um, yeah, it's still broken. We see that. She has a nightmare. Things go wrong. Yes, they're going to go wrong. It's not, we're not holding out, you know, a bed of roses or something. But there is something much better. And we have to discipline our minds and teach our children and um, mm. repent when necessary, etc., etc. Um, okay. Okay, let me close this in prayer. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for these powerful books. Uh, we have had to rush through them, but do pray you'd work by your Spirit, Lord. And, um, and we know, Lord, that sometimes as we study your Word, we can be condemned as we see our own sin and failings. But we thank you, Lord, that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, you have forgiven us. We are cleansed, we are washed, we are not defined by our sins, we are not defined by things that have been done to us. Uh, we are defined by you, Lord, and you love us. And So I do pray that uh, you would keep all those who are single, Lord, um, and if they desire to marry, that you would help them to be godly and also provide godly spouses for them. And for all the marriages, Lord, we pray that you would... Help them to grow in love for you and love for one another and um, grow in intimacy and yeah, just being more and more like what you planned marriage to be, Lord. And so we just uh, ask that you would undertake in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.